0: uh, Johan's got about 45 minutes an hour uh, to spend with us and we're just going <coughs> to kind of we're going to talk a little bit about this kind of crazy uh, industries in in the more technical side and what Johan does and then also I just want to give you guys a chance to meet Johan and get a sense of how this works and and kind of a little bit of a, a, the arc of his career. So uh, thank you so much for joining me, Johan, for yeah. taking the time out. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Really cool to see you. Cool. So tell me, let's start with your arc. Like um, what got you into this? How long have you been in here, and, and what do you do now? Like, just give us a sense of that.
1: Yeah. So, to begin with, it wasn't really uh, it wasn't really my intention uh, to you know become some sort of hair specialist. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a weird off track. <laughs> the Vidal uh, <laughs> of CG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, because I I started off as a character artist. Uh-huh. Rather, I was studying to become a character artist, and uh, I got a internship at Guerrilla Games. Okay. In Amsterdam. Yep. So I started off as a character artist intern. You know, just regular character arts, and uh, I did that for uh, production of Killzone, Killzone Shadowfall. So I worked on some of the uh, the multiplayer characters for uh, Shadowfall. Okay. And then. Uh, towards the beginning of pre-production, basically, for uh, Horizon. My character, art director at the time, um, just pretty much approached me and asked me if, or rather told me that, you know, we're, we're going to try all of these crazy hairstyles for our upcoming game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of need someone to, to take care of it. And, you know, are you interested? Yeah. And, uh, that was basically how it started, you know. During the internship or...? That was um, that was towards the end of the internship, yeah.
0: Oof. Oh man.
1: So uh, <laughs> to be uh, to be perfectly frank and like introspectively a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um I'm I'm okay at character arts, you know, the whole like sculpting and that sort of thing. Um but I realized, especially working with some of my colleagues over there, you know, Benjamin Ertz and Arnold Smith and uh, I mean, these people are crazy, and they 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 devote so much time, you know, to their mm. art. and they've been doing it for such a long time.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah. Uh, I figure that you know, if I'm ever gonna be on this level, um, it's gonna take many many years for me to reach it. Mm. So uh, I kind of figure that you know, it, not like doing hair would be easier, but at least it's. Kind of an area that's a little bit less um, less traversed, you know, like a bit less to explored. Totally. Uh, so it kind of gave me some playroom to kind of I don't know, like make my own path, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I yeah. I've thought sounded kind of interesting.
0: That's great. That's great. So yeah, and then, that's pretty much started. What was the segue from when you were um, interned to then when they hired you? How do you mean uh, segue? Like the transition, so you're kind of an intern, it's the late end of that, and they ask you to start doing hair. Uh, yeah. Was it a guarantee that you were going to be hired after this, or?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much. There was basically two positions mm-hmm. uh, that I was kind of like interviewed for, you know, very like yeah. informally, obviously, since I've only been there for about six months. Um, but it was still, like, kind of a transition from regular character art to either doing the hair thing or mm-hmm. more towards, like, outsourcing. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then my, my other friend, uh, Björn, he took the, uh, the outsourcing position, so I took the, uh, the hair position. And I pretty much started off um, as a junior character artist straight off, you know, with the hair stuff, basically.
0: That's great. So, okay. All right, so what was the process of um, just developing yourself as a hair artist? Yeah, that was, uh, that was
1: pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've probably done like one or two, probably one actually, complete project, like a complete character with hair on it. It mm-hmm. uh, wasn't great. Definitely. And uh, I pretty much just had to learn everything from from scratch. And there's not like a whole lot of information out there, you know, on how to do it properly.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And there's also like, I feel like there's there's not a lot of information on how to make good looking hair um, per se, but then there's a huge discrepancy between making something that looks good and something that actually works in-game, you know? Mm. And there's basically no information about that stuff. You know, right. how, do we, how do we actually render this? Uh, you know, are we going to forward render it, the further render it? How are the shaders supposed to be built so we can have all of these crazy effects that goes into making good-looking hair actually run on real-time, right? Um, so there was a lot of stuff to learn, for sure, and... Um, I got a lot of help from uh, from my art director. Then mm-hmm. he, uh, not that he had a lot of experience with hair specifically, right? But right. he gave me a lot of a lot of playroom um, to just test a bunch of stuff, test a bunch of R and D. You know, get comfortable with the pipeline that I was creating for uh, for myself to begin with, and then also for the actual projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so since i started in pre-production i pretty much spent about two and a half years uh, in total just doing hair over at gorilla and um, probably you know one and a half to two years at least the first one and a half years that was just me redoing stuff over and over and over and over again and just iterating um you know trying to come up with a pipeline trying to come up with results in the first place because mm-hmm. um, they gave me like the, the development of alloy which was supposed to be this you know the final piece, if you will, that I was supposed to create. Yeah. Um, we kept like postponing it, like pushing it because I kind of had to learn the basics first. And I remember in the beginning I wasn't even supposed to make the, uh, the alloy assets. Uh, I was just to work, supposed to work on more like low end NPCs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I would imagine thinking back that was just, you know, something that my art director set up just to make it a bit more tangible. Ah, um, got it. Did they have somebody and, who and, was going to do Alloy? Um, I think we were planning on outsourcing it first. Oh, okay. Uh, so we worked with various, you know, outsourcing studios and they have a lot of good artists none that specifically works with hair but i think the original plan was to outsource it okay but i just kept saying like i want to do this i want to do this and he was like yeah sure but get good (laughs) Mm. so uh, yeah i basically spent like a year and a half just trying to learn and then uh, uh, i started experimenting with uh, with alloy um which was this big project right Mm -hmm. And we kept iterating on it over and over again. We changed the the style uh, numerous times. It looked really bad for a really long time and made a lot of people very worried.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's actually because we have a, a class on hair here, and I've done interviews with other people on it, and they all talk about how there is just there's the ugly phase, and if there is any part of character where the ugly phase is long, it's hair
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely <laughs> It was pretty uh, pretty atrocious for a long time, actually, because <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, you know we we had a really solid character team, and they were pulling their part mm-hmm. uh, and they you know i i even if I was a junior artist, I had like a pretty, pretty sizable uh, chunk of work ahead of me that I needed to make up to standard with everything else that they were making, right? So there was some pressure in it, but that's eventually what kind of pushed me through it as well, I guess.
0: Got it. Okay, so it's a, it was a long process, little bit by little bit then.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, if that's you, were something there, we're my... actually, you know, one big problem can be divided into smaller problems, and oh, we just take a small problem at a time.
0: Yeah, that's great. What's your what's his name? Uh, Dan Calvert. Okay, Cavalert. all right. So, now looking back on that um, and all that time, you know, what do you think was one were two things that were really important for you in figuring out how to do something technical like hair you know something that that involves you, there's so much to it you know because there's also as you said the performance the runtime mm-hmm. so w- looking back you know you started out a total greenhorn and now you're like one of the leading um hair uh artists i guess is what we could call this. But what do you Mm -hmm. think was like one or two of the really important things that you learned or turning points in developing this skill and really mastering this?
1: Yeah, that's a a tough question. Um, I think it's really hard to say. I mean, just on a very personal level, like Mm -hmm. nothing that actually has to do with with game development um, per se, you know, the technical bits of it. I just remember that after these one and a half years, when we when I started working on Alloy and I really got into it and kept iterating on the model, it it just looked horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, and we started crunching for the first time. We were gonna show off the game at uh, E three, I believe, 2014 or fifteen. I don't. Know. Yeah, it goes by. Um, I just remember that. It was a very, very stressful period, and uh, we also had, uh, so basically the, the CEO of uh, Guerrilla Games, he's also the CEO of uh, Sony Entertainment Europe, and I was still a junior at the time, and I just remember that I was called into, you know, these, uh, these meetings with him and uh, some of the lead uh, art directors of the studio, and, you know, these very high up people, and I'm just this junior guy, right, yes. uh, having to like show off the progress each week to kind of give them a the sense of confidence that we're actually pushing it, you know, trying to achieve something. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that he, uh, he came up to me one time and uh, just sat down with me, you know, on a very, very human level and, and just told me like, you know, I think you can do this. Uh, I believe in you, and I want to give you the uh the room that you need you know to to do your thing basically and i don 't know what your thing is, but I think you can figure it out and I guess that was like a turning point just mentally you know okay it 's a lot of stress, but it 's also you know people are actually believing in me you know relying on me to do this hmm. so I guess that was, that was kind of a turning point just mentally, like something just clicked, like, okay, I got to figure this out, you know. But then
0: in terms of, in terms of the technical bits... Well, actually, that, that I think is a really important thing um, for us to kind of keep in mind is the mental game uh, mm-hmm. of how that works. So um, before we get into the technical thing, what did you do different after that? um i uh did you spend more time? Did you um try out more iterations? um
1: I think I couldn't really spend any more time on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were kind of crunching like crazy, yeah, as it was. um but i think uh I mean it sounds a bit cheesy, I guess, but I just started believing in myself a bit more, yeah, and just kind of told myself that like you know you can figure this out and that was basically it just gave me a sense of self confidence i guess i think that was uh, that was probably the most important like most memorable thing
0: that's in great the, uh,
1: in the process
0: so if somebody's working on hair right now because there actually are some students in um, in the boot camps that are dealing with hair right now mm-hmm. i know i know it's it's not even actually a class i mean the the stuff i've seen with hair it's actually like it's its own you know 6 month boot camp I think, to, yeah, to really uh, mass to to get a, a level of confidence, you know, I'm sure it's a super long time, but um, what are some quick trip uh, tips that people can use? Just you know, either mental game or or technical little thoughts on how they can organize it. Because I, if I understand hair correctly, you know, the biggest issues is just is the is the organization. It's like the fractal quality of it of of how mm. it's distributed.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that um, something that may may, might maybe separates like the way I approach hair Mm -hmm. uh, compared to at least looking at the result of a lot of other artists is that um, artists tend to focus too much on the hair texture. Mm. So if you want uh, curly hair, um, I see most artists tend to make curly hair in the hair texture. Right. And then they rely solely on the texture itself to make it look curly. You know? And if you're looking at, at that specific card placed on your scalp
0: mm-hmm.
1: from uh, um, just looking at it straight down, basically, it might look like curly hair in you know, kind of unlit environments. But obviously, as soon as you start rotating around the model, you're gonna notice like this is a plane with a piece of texture on it. Um, and I think the uh, approach it a little bit differently. So I try to think of hair as uh, a volume instead of a surface. So instead of trying to create something very specific, you know, in the texture itself, um, I try to keep it very generic. So I can pretty much use the majority of my hair textures for the majority of my hair models. And then I just try to break down um, the hair asset that I want to make, like the reference images that I'm looking at, mm-hmm. into uh, into smaller smaller shapes, basically.
0: Right. So, can, we, uh, can we jump into Unreal? I think you had something in Unreal for us to see. Yeah, sure. So the shading is a little
1: bit off here,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but the model is pretty much the, the final thing. Oops. Yeah, I think this is an older, older scene, actually. Let's see if we can kind of rotate a little bit. So yeah, just like breaking it down into, into smaller uh shapes. I think that's that's the main difference, like the way I
0: approach hair to what I see a lot of other artists do. But the problem with breaking it into smaller shapes is then organizing the smaller shapes. So it becomes mm-hmm. like this because you want to organize the smaller shapes and not have it be crazy land. hmm Yeah, for sure.
1: And uh and the way I do it is I just start off with the uh, the biggest of the shapes. Mm. So obviously, I look at the reference, and yeah. uh, I may go like, uh, let's see if I can find a reference, actually, from this piece. I think that could be helpful. Um, yeah, we got this one. Yeah, all right. So this is like, I think this is at least one of my reference sheets yep. for the one I was making. Yeah. Um, so if we look at, if we look at this one, for instance, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? Right. And it's it's hard to, I guess it it feels like a daunting task to just okay make this, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not sure where to start basically. Um, so the way I, the way I kind of approach it is. OK, I got this hairstyle and yep. immediately I see uh, three shapes. So I see this shape, I see uh, this shape, mm-hmm. and I see this shape. So these are like three okay. individual shapes and there are yep. three individual problems yep. that I need to kind of tackle. And that's already you know, taking something very daunting, very big, like a big problem, that's all already taking a problem and breaking it down into smaller problems. So now I know that I have three separate problems that I need to fix. Okay. Or construct, you know. So if we start off with this one, um, I would I would first look at the uh, the very very general flow. Like imagine that uh, you have a model with crazy details on it in Mm ZBrush, you know, any model. Imagine you just take that model and you DynaMesh it to a very low level. You know, what what are you going to see? What's the main shapes that you're going to see in it? Like, what's the general flow? So I basically start off with uh, trying to build that very, very generic flow. Mm And then I already, when I've done that, I have, uh, it may not look like hair, but at least I have something to start off with, like a base. And then I try to break it up into uh, smaller shapes. So if this is the the big first shape, I can already see like, okay, we got a shape here, Mm -hmm. right? And we got another shape here, which overlays this bit and it goes underneath this shape here. Yeah. And we got this shape here, the kind of goes next to this one and goes, kind of braids into uh, the hair here. So then I try to uh, work on these shapes. And I try to do it in, uh, I wouldn't say rough, but still kind of organized manner. So I'm not going into crazy detail I'm still not really thinking about making it look like hair, Mm -hmm. you know, like actual hair. Um, So the texture is obviously gonna look like hair and all of that stuff, but that's not my focus point. My focus point is just to build these shapes using hair planes. And then uh, the next step is just rinse and repeat, right? So you got this shape here. You can already see that we can break up this shape into Like one shape, one shape, and one shape. So then I just construct these three shapes on top of the shape that I already got. So it's like a layering system, basically. Okay. And then you just go into more detail, more detail, more detail,
0: and then you eventually wind up with a a hair asset. Okay. All right. I got that. So it's it's a matter of um, really chunking and spending your time with the layers and um, and the thought process, definitely, definitely. Do you find that um, you know this hair is not something you can just go willy nilly into? Like you have to prepare for this.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it obviously depends on uh, the results you want. Uh, it depends on the budget you have. If you're making it for an actual game, right? Uh, it depends on whether it's the hero character or a low-end NPC.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, there's a lot of factors that goes into it. And I have, you know, as you see, two posts on uh, ArtStation. And one of them is 100,000 triangles, and the other one is 40,000 triangles. Okay. So people are already like, okay, you know, is this all you do? You know, do you always spend the entire game's budgets? polygon budget on making your hair models but you know you have to realize that this is just for very high end uh, hero characters mm-hmm. and then obviously the rest of the npcs you know like this guy here um it's obviously much much lower right so it all depends on the uh, the importance of the character i guess
0: got it and so in game hero character now, the one type you're working on or have worked on um, 40,000, 40 to 60,000 polygons. Is that pretty accurate or triangles, I should say.
1: Yes. So uh, this one is uh, 40,000 okay. and then the one for horizon is a uh, hundred thousand. Okay. Got it. But what you also have to kind of realize is um, polygons today, doesn't really matter as much as they did maybe 10 years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there are countless of ways where you can and should save performance when it comes to a game to actually make it run. Yep. Um, but it's not really polygons anymore. It has a lot more to do with shader complexity. So for every vertice, uh, like all the all the math in the shader Needs to be computed, right? So obviously, if you have a very dense mesh, the shader itself will get kind of multiplicatively more expensive, you know, very, very broad speaking. Um, so it does add on to it, but the shader itself, definitely, that's that's the main culprit. You know, that's what you have to work on um, in order to make it run. So I guess, when it comes to hair specifically, there's uh, stuff like overdraw. So even if this mesh has a hundred thousand triangles and a bucket load of cards that are almost like intersecting into each other, you have all of these hair chunks. Um, They're all being simulated, you know, individually. Uh, the way it's kind of constructed is, you know, if you have some sort of core that you can render your uh, hair strands against, you can get away with just having transparency on uh, a couple of hair strands and still make it look soft. So that's like a way
0: for you to kind of save um, performance, I guess. OK. And uh, I think the next thing I'd love to really get some um, just some feedback on, some just an understanding of how this whole process works is, um, how hair fits into the equation and, and your understanding of what, what a technical artist is or a character artist, Like how does this, how does this whole pipeline work? And just imagine mm. that you're talking to somebody who's, they want to be a character artist like you did when you were starting. And, and they might think, you know, I have to create just characters, 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 but if you can give us mm. just a sense of like, what are the type of jobs or tasks or ways that this gets broken down? You know,
1: mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially at Gorilla, uh, the definition of a character artist is uh, it may not meet expectations mm-hmm. per se. Uh, at least it didn't meet my expectations, let's put it that way. So I figured when I started that I need to be the best sea uh, brush sculptor in the universe to be a character artist. Yeah. And I need the best texturing skills,
0: Yeah,
1: and that's it, you know. But I feel like, and I, I know, you know, a lot of people at various AAA companies like Dice, you know, I work at Starbreeze, uh, we got Avalanche, Ubisoft. I feel like um, the term technical artists okay. is becoming more and more Common amongst regular artists, like they're starting to merge a little bit. Yeah. So, and technical artist doesn't necessarily mean that you need
0: to be able to code. I don't know coding at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't mean you're in a very like hair is a is a technical thing, right? Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, And I guess I would consider myself as as a technical artist for sure. Mm -hmm. But regardless, like I don't know how to code. Uh, I can't script my own shaders, but what I can do is I can communicate with uh, all the different teams and departments in the mm. studio. Yeah. So even if I don't know how to code, I can still talk to a programmer, and I can explain it. I can explain what I'm, what I want to reach, like what quality level or effect or whatever it might be. Right. I can explain that to a coder. So we can have an understanding and then he and I can work towards like a common goal together. So it's more of a a collaborative effort. So I guess technical artist for me personally means that I have the visual responsibility of this particular uh, area, which is hair. Mm -hmm. And it's my job to make it look good as as good as possible and communicate what I need to all the different, uh, departments, you know, to reach, reach this quality that we're looking for.
0: Got it. Okay. So there's character artist. And then what did you mean by it didn't meet your standards? Like it, there were so many different levels of skill that not everybody was super awesome, or or what do you mean? No, no, no,
1: no, 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 definitely, they met my standards and uh, exceeded them, (laughs) by far. Uh, What I mean is, it didn't meet my expectations. Yep. So, uh, basically, um, as I mentioned, like, when I went to school, uh, I studied, I practiced, rather, on how to do uh, zebra-sculpting and modeling and texturing. And I figured that that's pretty much all I all I need, you know, to succeed mm. as a character artist in the industry. Yeah. But there was a but lot. But then I realized, hard. yeah, I realized that you know a lot of these things are starting to become outsourced for mm-hmm. uh, a lot of big studios, mm. and the actual game development part is becoming more, I guess, popular. It's a higher demand to find artists that can deal with the game development part uh, in studios. So you know, working with different departments, fixing yep. shaders, uh, making it run in game, making it look good in your proprietary engine or whatever engine you're using. Mm-hmm. You know, creating benchmarks um, for sure. That's more where the the art itself comes in, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of work that revolves around actually
0: making a game out of your pretty looking ZBrush cults, basically. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's one of the things that's really been important to me because I, you know, I cut my teeth in this industry on ZBrush and kind of being the mouthpiece mm -hmm. for ZBrush. Um, But over the years, um, I mean, I was talking to Josh Herman, who's over at Cloud Imperium, um, and he's mm -hmm. their character art director, which is, you know, kind of, it's, a, it's the first time I ever heard that name or that title. Mm. Uh, but it speaks to how it's so much less about character creation in terms of, hey, I can sculpt this fun thing in ZBrush. Mm. Uh, and it's like the schools are now picking that up. But really, now to be a character artist, that's just one-eighth at most of the entire pipeline. Mm. It's yeah. interesting to hear how um, a lot of that's getting outsourced. So your job in other character card's jobs becomes really about managing outsourcing mm. and then dealing with the optimization of it after that. Is that accurate or? Yeah, to an extent.
1: Um, I, I mean, that's like, that's a part of it mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I feel like, you know, a lot of people that goes into this industry, uh, they like doing art, right? That's yeah. kind of the, the main reason they, uh, they go into it is because it's creative. And just saying like, okay, you're not going to do art, you're going to do uh, outsourcing feedback. You know, yep. that's, it doesn't sound very appealing, <laughs> I guess, to most yep. people. Yep. Um, but that's just, that's one part of it. And uh, at my current job, that's a very small part of it. Got it. So, Got it. It, you know, I have, um, at my current job, I have this uh, shader guy that I work very closely with. And that's kind of, that's one area where I get to be, where I get to feel creative, I guess. And, you know, constantly evaluate the current, um, current standard we have for our characters, you know, the current results. Okay, so how can we take what we got and push it to the next level? And what is the next level? And try to define that, you know? I think that's, that's what I enjoy the most actually, and even more than just making art itself. Um,
0: awesome. Yeah, so I guess there's, there's a lot of
1: aspects that go into it
0: for sure. Okay, great. Okay, so let's get some questions guys. And uh, if I, kn- I just know from here, sometimes the technical questions, we're just not gonna get a satisfying answer in the time frame that we have. But um, if we were to say, uh, drop over to Unity, that would probably be a wise thing. Uh, not Unity, sorry, Unreal. And oh, is this right. a scan data, or where are you getting the model? No, this is Vimal. Uh, uh, That's Vimal. Uh, yes, hand sculpted. It's great. It actually looks like someone I know of in LA. Um, can we drop over into yeah, Unreal? There we go. All right. Um, so the first kind of question that came was, uh, how do you determine the hairline?
1: Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's actually a pretty pretty nice trick to mm-hmm. determining where to put the hairline. Yeah, and if you just uh, take your hand and uh, you take your four fingers on your palm, and then you just place it on your forehead, and you keep the uh, what is it? Your pinky okay. uh, just above your eyebrows. Your your top. Um, what is it? Top. Uh, Point pointy finger <laughs> mm-hmm. that's gonna touch the hairline so if you have a anatomically correct character model um, you can just place their hand on the forehead and you you have a pretty good hairline basically or it's... a way to determine where to put it
0: okay well that will work all right um, and uh... Corinne is asking if this is a custom shader. I assume, Corinne, you're talking about the Unreal one, right?
1: Um, This is the uh, the out-of-the-box hair shader that you can get from the uh, character. Let's see here. So if you just open up the Unreal Engine thing, uh, I believe under learn, yeah. So you get the photorealistic character scene. Mm and this is where they made the new skin shader, eye shader, and hair shader. So um, the hair shader I used for this project is taken from this one. Yeah. And then I I modified it a little bit.
0: Okay, got it. Okay, and uh, Adam is asking, uh, what tools do you use to draw the hair cards? Anything you can kind of guide us with there? I think, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. What tools do you use to draw the hair cards? Uh XGen. XGen. Great. Yeah, in Maya. In Maya? So Yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, we were uh, training on here, so good deal. Yeah. Uh and then uh what software do you use for creating the hair? XGen. How do you optimize hair creation and still have hair look good? Um that's uh probably a long question. How do you optimize hair creation and still have the hair look good? Um mm is quite a beast but one of the things i'm noticing is and i might be wrong here but this hair looks kind of thick Hmm.
1: Yep. um so we're going more towards um 4k gaming mm-hmm. which is something that i'm looking forward to for sure because that means that i can actually go towards more of a realistic uh, hair thickness got it but currently uh So you're kind of seeing, uh, I don't know the quality of your screen, but at least I'm seeing some of these single hairs. I mean, all the hairs, they have the same thickness on this model. But when you start soldering out some of these single hairs, you see that they're almost going sub-pixel. So if I were to make these hairs any thinner at all, uh, they simply wouldn't be rendered. Got it. So you have to determine a thickness that goes along with you know your screen resolution and Mm. at this stage it's currently 2k that's pretty much the the standard go-to yeah then
0: as we're moving
1: towards 4k uh
0: yeah it's going to be more realistic for sure and then how close in is the model going to be as when you calculate that uh like this okay so
1: chest up Yeah, pretty much just chest up. That's uh, a very good basis. And the reason for it is when you go into conversations in a game, Mm. you don't tend to go closer than this. So this is
0: where your character should look the best basically. Got it. I understand that. Okay. All right. Any other questions? Guys, let me check real quick. So no sculpting the basic hair shape before drawing the hair. Uh, Adam is asked, so one of the techniques a lot of guys do is they'll actually sculpt it inside of ZBrush um, and then right. kind of lay cards over the top of that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I tend not to do that mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like another issue that I've seen a lot of artists uh, have when they make hair, is that kind of goes along with what I was talking about previously? Um, is that they don't really treat it as a volume, they treat it as a surface. Right. And what that means is that, you know, a very common hairstyle in games is like kind of a simple uh, parse, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. You just have some hair going on, on one side and some hair going on the other side. And what the artist does is they tend to have all the hair cards. Uh, start off from where the the hairline is, and where the parse is, yeah. and then you just layer it. But you're never going to get a sense of, uh, of depth and uh, a sense of volume if you do that. So what I tend to do is, at least to an extent, I try to place them a little bit more evenly across the scalp, yeah. and then just make sure that I layer them correctly. Uh, uh, according to you know what it sh- theoret- theoretically uh, how they should theoretically be layered, okay if it was an actual hairstyle cool, and that's gonna help you give that sense of depth and that that can be a bit tricky if you start off with like a brush sculpt that you you know lay cards on top of basically
0: okay, all right. Great. And then um, I think the last thing that we could probably ask is, uh, and it's again, another technical one, but um, coverage. So if you're having a hard time where your models, there's a lot of, there's this little bald spots creeping up. Do you have any thoughts on how somebody could just kind of easily address that? Uh, I imagine it's just adding more hair, but what do you think?
1: Um, Yeah, it kind of goes into the, uh, the layering system that I'm using. So as I, as I break it up into shapes, like just as I start with a model basically, mm-hmm. and I start laying cards on top of it to create these very basic shapes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I make sure that I can't see the scalp in between these uh, cards. Yeah. So that 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 acts as the, uh, I guess, a blocker, something that you would kind of get from seabrush, but it's made out of cards basically.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: then the only thing I need to deal with is you know, the surrounding cards and the cards that are layered on top of it. And then dealing with like transitions and not necessarily too much with coverage because that's already kind of taken care of.
0: Okay, cool. Corinne, let me know if that answers that. And so, all right, so let's wrap this up. And I think what would be really neat um, is if you can just, like, w- you have a very interesting career, right? But, and as I meet more and more people, I find that there are more and more just really cool, interesting careers. Uh, and directions that people can take. And Mm -hmm. it's not dependent on somebody being a master of one thing or a master of another. Sometimes it's people find themselves into really just, I don't know, interesting paths. Mm -hmm. So what advice can you give for somebody uh, who's like yourself? They, they were starting out and um, you know, they might be in an internship, might be looking for an internship. Like what advice would you give them to help them kind of succeed and maybe make their life a little easier than yours was? Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's a a tricky question for sure. Um, I think, you know, what helped me is just to, uh, so like, okay, if you're starting off very green, Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of stuff that you, that are kind of already established in game development that you you need to learn basically. Yeah. Um, But, you need to realize that that's just a very, very flat foundation to stand upon. And there's still, like the industry is so young, it's super young. And you're looking up to these these giants in the industry who's been in it for like 10 or 15 years, you know? But that's just, that's nothing, right? Compared to a lot of other industries. So what you have to realize is as soon as you feel comfortable with having that sort of base to stand upon. there's so much room to uh, kind of craft your own your own career and your own um, mindset and your own techniques and pipelines and your own ways of doing things and it doesn't have to be specifically hair because that's kind of a new area i mean it's only a new area because no one really figured that this is an area that someone should focus on right right i just kind of did so we had one guy at gorilla who um he was also a technical artist but he was more into like coding and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and he spent like two years making uh, a water and snow and cloud shader and that was it and now he's like the leading tech artist in the industry on how to make a cloud. <laughs> I mean, wow. you wouldn't wow. figure that that's like something that you no, no. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. You can kind of like you could push it to so many new levels if you just spend the time and you just kind of want to do it. Go deep. So
0: there's Go a lot of playroom basically. That's great. That's great. All right. Okay. John, thank you so much thank for taking so the time, my friend. It's really great to meet you and um, to hear a bit more about your story and, and uh, everything that you're doing. And um, again, man, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was really fun to sit down and talk for a bit. Absolutely. Have a great day and, uh, and I'll chat with you later. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You. All right. See you. See you. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now. So I look forward to hearing from you soon.